Welcome to Picks with the Professor, the show where a real statistics professor and his cousin and their friend gives you sports betting tips. I'm your host, Professor Sides. For the latest updates and information, you can find me on Twitter at Professor Sides. You can find my cousin Jared on Twitter at Cousin Jared and my friend Jake on Twitter at my friend underscore Jake. This college episode wraps up week 10 of the 2022 season. If you haven't seen them yet, check out episodes one and two we're going to cover everything else here in this one in case you're here check out the webpage on the banner it's www.pixtheprofessor.com slash new for a primer and explanation of what's going around on these parts otherwise the goals for this episode which are key information about these games give you a few things to think on and explain why certain plays are being made we never recommend blindly tailing or fading any pick but rather hear the justifications and thought processes to make sure you're fully on board with us or against us before investing your hard-earned money. We will make a pick on every game, but you should take what you like and leave the rest. Remember, there are no locks in gambling, so we'll, we will provide our loves, likes, and leans in this A, B, and C great picks to indicate our confidence level with respect to scaling wagers. However, please understand that good and bad variants will occur, so as much as we'd like to say we'll be profitable each and every week, that is an impossible reality for any gambler uh guys i feel like this episode might get crazy we've got uh cousin jared your your, your daughter's at home and so we'll have to hopefully she's yeah. not screaming in the background uh yeah. jake i don't know if he's gonna make it through the tennessee segment um, i might die i might die yeah i feel like i feel like this could be a fun episode people so <laughs> buckle up who knows what's gonna happen uh but before we get to that some reminders please hit that like button if you're on youtube also if you are yet please consider subscribing or following it's free and if you turn on notifications you'll miss any of the college basketball mob or college football content that this channel provides uh yeah college basketball coming soon so there's very soon there's that so happening happy. so happy <laughs> jake's in his element um we've also got that patreon if you're looking for some extra benefits plays of the day got a favorite of the day a dog of the day and a total of the day up there also early access to projected spreads uh, access to our discord chat that's the quickest and easiest way to get your questions answered ad free shows all sorts of goodies over there check out that link also in the description as well but we'll get right to it here all lines courtesy of bet online sign up link in the show description and current as the time of this recording on late wednesday afternoon all saturday games and guys i feel like we ought to pour one out for this one what could have been what should have been what should yeah. have been North Carolina, Virginia, what should have been a game that we should have been debating? Is this game going to get to 100? And it's at the total 60 and a half. And honestly, I have no idea what to make of that because Virginia's often Virginia's become a defensive team. And yeah. it, it's sad. It's really sad. Um, North Carolina, a seven and a half point favorite. North Carolina looking pretty impressive, up to 37th in my rankings. Virginia is at 79th. Sideline says this should be a 10 point spread. Uh, cousin Jared, I really want to make a play on this total, but I have no feel for it whatsoever. It just feels like North Carolina is going to win this one pretty big though, right? Yeah. So first of all, I say, let's give a B grade to delay in the seven and a half. Uh, just if you look at Virginia this season, they scored 34 points against Richmond and they scored 20 points in a game at Syracuse. And after that, their point totals this season have been 3, 16, 17, 17, 16, and 12 in quadruple overtime last week. This offense is just not – even as bad as North Carolina's defense is, they have been playing – Is it North um, Carolina going to be what gets them out of this funk? Nope. They are <laughs> way too far gone. <laughs> yeah, they, they are way too far gone. Even yeah. North Carolina's defense has been playing below average recently, which is a which big is improvement. Which is an improvement. Which is a big improvement for them. Um, so I, I say – 
seven and a half, make it a B grade personally. And this is just me. I think I would make this an A grade at seven. Uh, I was going to say, you know, I was going to say, I think seven too. That push protection okay. on it lands on seven is worth it. So yeah, I think yeah. A grade, if it gets to seven, B grade at seven and a half. Yeah. I just don't I, I think was, that Virginia's going to be able to keep up. And I was, I was thinking the same thing. And I think the perfect analog is the Virginia Tech game where we thought Virginia yep. Tech could keep up because yep. North Carolina's defense would be so bad. And that's not how that game played it at all. So I kind of see a yep. repeat of that here. We learned our lesson from that one, which is North Carolina's defense is bad, but these bad Virginia offenses just yes. still so bad it doesn't really matter. Uh, Virginia's defense has been respectable, surprisingly, but North Carolina is going to score at will. Yeah. Uh, and I, I just think it's a complete pass in total. I have zero idea where I would play it. I would lean under. I, would I can't. Under. I I have I have no words for that. Yeah. Um, I'm not touching the under. <laughs> yeah. But we'll go B grade on North Carolina minus seven and a half. And if it gets to seven, we will upgrade that to an A grade and add that third unit there. Uh, Jake, what do you have for us? Yeah, I'm I'm taking North Carolina here. It, it opened up at like nine ish, nine and a half. Came yep. crashing down. I'm, I'm that confused me. I, I don't know what people saw in Virginia's whatever you want to call that was last week that made them think. They could stay with North Carolina. I would say it was a football game, but I'm not 100% sure. That's yeah, I, I'm not sure I would call it that. <laughs> that was embarrassing for everybody that had to watch. Uh, I just, I think North Carolina, that stands a good chance to hit this over themselves. I'm, I'm going to play the over too. They, they, like May is, I mean, if May was on a different team, I think we'd be talking about like Heisman type favorites, the kind of numbers he's putting up. Um, yeah. So, I, I don't know what year he is, so he, maybe that's a look ahead for next year because if they keep most of this team around, maybe they're because of the way they're playing at the end of the year, that defense steps up at all. They've got a really solid team. But I, I just – I think Virginia will do maybe one touchdown this time, maybe. And I think that's all we'll need to get to the 60 because I think North Carolina is just going to have a field day. Uh, to, to your point about Drake May, I saw a graphic today, and it was basically like an axis of – what percentage of a person's throws go or, or you know big go for big plays and what percentage uh, of the throws are like high risk and risk having a turnover and Drake May was like by far and away the, the, he took a ton of deep shots and his turnover or or his throws that risky resulted throws. in yeah risky throws was very low but see I know that this was an accurate graphic because Spencer, Spencer Rattler had the highest risky throw percentage and Will Levis was also like the worst quarterback on the graphic as far as no big plays and lots of turnover risk so I know that this was an accurate graphic so yes Drake May is the best quarterback one of the best quarterbacks in the country uh, folks we're less than seven minutes into the show and I feel like we are coming at you hard uh, there's yeah. just a lot happening to unfold here um, so Jake you've got the lay in the seven half with North Carolina you're taking over yep. 60 and a half. Uh, I was traveling back uh, from Houston last week during the early slot of the game. So I did not see any of that Miami Virginia game. Um, praise That's the Lord. Yeah. Uh, I just have to assume they were playing in a monsoon. And I don't really want to hear if that's not true, because that's the only way that that <laughs> is acceptable. And so we're just going to assume that and move on. Um, we all like North Carolina here uh, to start us off. Uh, also, New Eastern, Maryland at Wisconsin. Wisconsin is a five-point favorite in this one. Sideline says it should be 2.4. We are assuming uh, Talia, is, Talia is back. Yes. Tugula, Tugula. I just referred to it. I, I struggle with that one. Uh, I've got both these teams ranked in the upper 20s. I think they're both pretty solid, especially if Maryland is fully healthy. Uh, Maryland's been kind of a surprise in that we thought they'd be decent, but they're, I think, a little better than we thought coming in. Wisconsin a little bit worse than we thought coming in, which puts them fairly even. I can't really explain why Wisconsin's a five-point favorite in this one. A total is 50. Obviously, Wisconsin wants to play this game in the 20s, and Maryland wants to play this game in the 70s. Uh, we'll definitely 
be interesting to see who has their way in this one. But I love taking the five here with Maryland. It's a 7% edge according to sideline. Cousin Jared, what do you have? I agree. I just don't think that Wisconsin is going to be able to to put up enough points. Or let me let me let me let me back off that a little bit. I think over the range of outcomes, I don't think that even right. if Wisconsin wins this game, I don't think that know how many times they win by more than five points. So I agree. Let's give a B grade to, to five points for Maryland. I think I would need a, a full touchdown on the road to to make this an, an A grade for me personally. Okay, Jake. Yeah, yeah, I'm in the same spot. I, I like I like Maryland here with the with getting the points. I mean, I know it's on the road. I wish it was a touchdown, but I'm going to take the five because I don't know that, well, like Jared was saying, Wisconsin's got the offense to win this by more than a touchdown or even by a touchdown. Uh, let the record state that sideline gives this an A grade. So if uh, if Maryland wins this outright, then – Okay, hold on, hold on. Let's, <laughs> do, do, let, let's, not, let's not get – Let's hold off on the third unit then. Like if, okay. if you could talk me into like if it gets to six, let's six. let's put it put it there. Or I don't know, maybe like see what the money line does. Or I was gonna say maybe put line. that third unit on the money line. I think Maryland might yeah. win this game outright. I'm just not that impressed with Wisconsin. No, and, and yeah, they I mean this is the team that lost to Michigan State, I think, three weeks ago. Uh, yeah. I think they had a bye week in there. So uh yeah. yeah, Wisconsin's not very good. Yeah, I think that's a solid play actually, putting two units on the plus five and then one unit on the money line. Can okay. I can I talk you into that? Yeah, let's let's do it. All right. All right, that's what we'll do. We'll put two units on Maryland plus five. We'll put a third unit on the money line, taking a shot, kind of like we did with uh, Ball State on Tuesday night in action. That worked beautifully, uh, like we did with UCF on Friday or U- ECU last Friday. That worked beautifully. Mm-hmm. So uh, we'll, we'll see if we can't try that one again. And then, Jake, you are also on Maryland plus five. Yep. Anybody want to take a stab at the total of 50 on this one? Nope. I, I mean, I think if Maryland's going to win it outright, it gets over 50, but okay. they'll drag Wisconsin along. But, but- – but you're not playing it. To play it. Yeah, I, I I feel very much like the first game. This one, the same thing. It's like these two teams are kind of trying to play very different games. Uh, again, sadly for Virginia, so it's it's harder to assess where where this one could go. If Wisconsin somehow only scores like 13 points, I'd be like, yeah, that's Wisconsin, you know. But uh, Maryland, you know, Wisconsin's defense is solid, but the way Maryland can score, if they put up 40 themselves, I'd be like, sure. I mean, there's a lot of things that can happen. I think in this game. That wouldn't surprise me. But I, I think Maryland's not getting enough respect here. I think this is a lot of respect from past Wisconsin teams that I just don't see it this year uh, right. personally. Also at noon Eastern, Western Kentucky at Charlotte. Western Kentucky is a 16-point favorite. Uh, Charlotte, uh, extremely variable team. Not yeah. really sure what to think of them. Uh, they they fired their coach, I, I guess, before last week, and then yes. they played better. Yep. I, I, there's a lot to be made right of the whole interim coach bump. I, I think some of that has to do with a, a team that's just underperforming and now has a little bit of weight lifted off their shoulders, whatever goes out and just plays a little bit freer. How much of that's real, how much of that's a, a new coach coming and doing something else is really hard to say. Uh, Charlotte's always been bad, but maybe not shouldn't have been as bad as they were looking there for a stretch. Western Kentucky, I feel like, has been relatively disappointing to me. They they haven't taken care of business against some of the weaker teams. They haven't looked overly impressive against the better teams. I kind of thought early on in the season I was thinking they might be better than they are. I'm a little surprised they're 16-point favorites here on the road. Uh, total is 72. Western Kentucky, after a fast start, has, has been an under team as of yeah. late. Um but the way Charlotte's playing, I, I mean, unders obviously scary with the number of the tie, but that just, it seems like a lot of points. I, I'd lean under rather than over, whatever that's worth, given that Western Kentucky just 
doesn't yeah. seem to want to play these fast games. And if they're not wanting to play a fast game, I think it's going to make it harder to win by this many points. Sideline says this should be Western Kentucky by 12 and a half. So we're getting a lot of value here. Taking the 16 with Charlotte crossing uh, 13, 14, and 15, which are all reasonable possibilities. Because, uh, Jared, what do you have for us here? Sure. Be great on Charlotte. It's a lot of points. Um, but – like I, I cannot go to an A grade on this just because Charlotte has been so Jekyll and Hyde this yeah. season, whether it's losing to William and Mary and then coming out. And How do you lose be, to two people? I, I, I know. Like at the time I said it was like Mary Kate Nashley. I don't know how that happened. And, and then they came, they were underdogs to rice and just completely blew rice out yeah. last week. I have no idea what to make of this team. And so for that reason, I can't get to an A grade, even if sideline says there's a lot of value there. I'm with you. What, what number would you play in under in this situation? Given that Charlotte's playing all wonky, but given what we see with Western Kentucky, not wanting to push the pace, like we thought they might early this season, like they did last year. Is there a number that you could get behind and a number that you could get on the under at 95? I, I I don't know. I would probably, yeah, I don't know. Like 77. Like, I don't know. Like, oh, I, wow. I feel like, I think there's going to be a lot of, not very many field goals in this game. Right. You know, I, I think I definitely would lean under. It's a lot of points to your point. Western Kentucky has been an under team this season. So, 73, just, that's 10 touchdowns on a field goal? Yeah, sure, sure. Okay. 73, I played the under, but that is a good point. Western Kentucky has been an under team for sure. Yeah, yeah. so if it gets to 73, we'll go under, because like you said, I, I agree. I don't think there'll be a lot of field goals, so at least we have the push protection on 10 touchdowns and a field goal there. Uh, Jake, what do you have for us on this one? Yeah, I'm staying away. Charlotte has it out for me every time I pick them, they <laughs> fail. And like, if I were to pick them here, they would just not show up. And then if I pick against them and I'm going Western Kentucky, they'd go back in time, get like the 85 Bears defense and shut Western Kentucky out. So I'm just going to avoid picking on this game so they can figure out what they want to do without all right. making it off what I say because I'm sure they're all listening. They probably we, are all listening. Can, can we just keep talking about this game so we don't have to go to the next one? <laughs> Moving on to the next one, Florida <laughs> at Texas A&M, Noon Eastern. Because, uh, uh, Jerry, do you maybe have a quarterback? Yeah, maybe, 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 okay. Yeah. Yes. I, I I mean, definitely by far, like the best quarterback play that we've seen all season. I have more concerns about the three offensive linemen that are out Mm. for the season. And so Mm. I still have some, some other concerns. Yes. Mm. I'm very excited about him, but when I'm breaking down the game, I just have some concerns other places on the field for A&M. Sideline says this should be Texas A&M minus 3.7. The actual spread is three. I do think there's a little bit of juice attached to the Aggies right now. Uh, total is 56. We've been on these AM unders yeah. in the last two weeks. There have been scores in the last like 80 seconds or so that have killed both of those unders. Yeah. Uh, including the one from two weeks ago that was only got over because of not just the last second score, but also a. Uh, a fumble off of a quarterback's leg and a kick return for a touchdown, all sorts of weird shenanigans. Uh, I'm, I'm really curious to hear your take on this, just how you, how you break down this game. I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't know. Like, Say something. The, this is the, this is the first time all season where I don't feel like I have a good feel for what's going to happen in an mm. game. So I would, I would lean towards laying the three points with, with AM at home. I feel like we've got a good a decent quarterback. Now I think the likelihood, especially compared to Haynes King likelihood of turnovers is lower. It's amazing how much better your receivers look when they have a good quarterback throwing to them as opposed True. to when they have a below average quarterback. But again, my concern here is the offensive line for, for, a&M. Uh, I, I'm worried that either 
uh, Wegman's going to be under pressure for most of the game, or they might have a hard time opening up some running lanes for, for a chain. So I would lean towards laying the points. I would also lean towards the under again, because of my concerns about the AM offensive line. But I, I don't feel, I don't feel great about, about that. I think we're going to learn a lot about AM this, this weekend. All right. I'm going to propose if it gets a two and a half, we lay two and a half with AM as a B grade. You're you're setting me up for heartbreak, but sure, let's do it. <laughs> All right, we'll go with a lean on A and M at minus three, but we don't really think it's investable until it gets below three. Yeah. On the total, I kind of think this is a fool me once, fool me twice thing, but I really think under fifty six is the right side here. Mm-hmm. There is some variability, so it wouldn't get an A grade for me, but I do think a B grade under fifty six might be worth a look because I, I I think that. This a defense is pretty good. I don't think that Florida's offense is going to be able to have success against it. And I yeah. don't. Yeah. Okay. So you can you can talk me into that because if I go back and look at AM, the game last week against Ole Miss, they Ole Miss had one drive where they got three third down conversions via penalty and one like quarterback scramble on third and nine or, or something. And so you take away that drive. Maybe you take away Ole Miss's. <laughs> Fourth fake punt on fourth down from like their own 20 yard line. It was one of the guts. I mean, Lane Kiffin was on his stuff on Saturday. Oh, oh and yeah. so I guess his tweet where he tweeted out that Lane Kiffin was sitting watching J- Judkins or whatever. Like, it didn't, it's yes. like a retweet without like retweeting. He just copied the words over. So it's like <laughs> from Lane Kiffin, Lane Kiffin sitting at whatever in the rain. I was like, come on, dude. That, that, that seems right. So sure. You take that stuff out. I think that Ole Miss game goes under. You talk about the kickoff uh, return for a touchdown just to open a game against South Carolina. Mm-hmm. And that kills, the, you know, an under like that. So sure. Let's, let's go be great under 56 uh, just under the premise that if, all it has taken is one or two key plays in each of the past right. two games and then would have gone under. So sure, right. I can get on board with that. Right. And I don't think there's really a spot where it'd be an A grade just because the weird things that have happened in the AM games, I'm just a little bit leery. But yeah, I think yeah. B grade under makes a lot of sense. And Especially unknowns, above yeah. above a key number like 55. At 55 and a half, 50, 56, I think it's a B grade under. Yeah. Um, and then again, we'll lean A and M. If it gets a two and a half, it's a B grade pick for us. Jake, what do you have? Yeah, I'm I'm a, I'm gonna lay the three with Texas AM. I I just think there's something weird going on in Florida. They just kicked off what was probably their best defensive player. Um, don't trust Anthony Richardson. And, I mean, there just seems to be a lot of, like, craziness. And, I mean, this is the same team that basically quit on their coach last year about this time when things started going wrong. Um, so, I, I, I'm not saying that doing that, like, and that's just kind of a gut feel. I don't have any actual information for it. It just doesn't feel like things are going right there in, uh, in Florida. And I think Texas A&M is going to take advantage of it because – appears they do have a quarterback and I mean Evan yeah. Stewart seems to be a great receiver. Like that's yeah. gonna be yeah that's gonna be fun to have over the next few years. They're gonna have that's the thing. I think they're gonna have more than one good receiver now that they have a above average quarterback. So I'm I am excited about that if he has time to throw. Yeah. And and what Jimbo does to him, which is also yeah wildly TBD. Um yeah. if it wasn't for this lineman issue, I really would love laying the three with AM. I, I think I Sometimes that just really throws offenses. That's my only concern. But I I, I agree with where you're going, Jake, especially given that Florida played a pretty good game against Georgia. Uh, Mm. We talked about that was kind of their Super Bowl-ish. I mean, not really like they're going to probably, you know, what they're they're four and four. I mean, they still have bowl eligibility on the table, that sort of thing. But that's a big game for them. And they were down and they fought back and they hung in there. And coming off of that now to travel on the road again, like it's not a great spot for them. Um, 
I, I just think that that took everything out of them because I mean it's very when possible when you look at it. They had the third quarter. Other than that, they scored three points. Yeah, and I but mean, they like you said, they came out at the half yeah. and fought, and that they put like everything they had into it, and then still didn't really sniff a victory yeah. against a rival. And now next week, it, it could be a. Kind of a letdown spot, not that they won, but just a like you said, kind of takes yeah. it all out of them. Uh, obviously, cousin Jared's hoping that's true as, as an Aggie fan and alum. Uh, moving from his game to mine, Baylor in Oklahoma, a 3 p.m. Eastern kick in Norman. A sideline says this should be Oklahoma minus three. Sideline's got Oklahoma ranked 18th, Baylor ranked 20th. Uh, I know that Oklahoma be, beat Iowa State. Iowa State's been a weird team this year, though. They've drugged teams down into weird games. Um, Baylor beat Iowa State too. I still don't think that I believe in this Oklahoma team. Um, I think that Iowa State is not built to exploit their bad defense. Kansas kind of was and scored off of them, but also that was without Daniels. I think now this is the first team that Oklahoma is going to face here since that Texas game that has an offense that can take advantage of those defense. I think Baylor scores a lot. I think Oklahoma scores a lot too. They do have a good offense and this Baylor defense is not as good as it was last year. I'm expecting a lot of points. I'm really surprised that this total is only 61 and a half. It seems like it should be in the upper sixties to me. I wouldn't be surprised if this game got into the seventies, the Baylor overs the last two weeks have either won or pushed depending on when you got the number based off when we recommended it, when we recommended the number got better. And so you might've won. Hopefully you did. If not, we officially pushed on the last two weeks in the Baylor over. I expect this one to win. I don't really see either team getting a lot of stops because I think it's a last team that has the ball win situation. I think it makes sense taking the points with Baylor simply because you're getting the hook. If this was in Waco and it was Baylor minus three and a half, I'd probably say the same thing about taking the three and a half with Oklahoma. I don't really know what to make of this game other than I just think taking the points makes a lot of sense because it's three and the hook. And like I said, last team that has the ball wins. Moneyline might also not be a bad play on Baylor just because anything can happen. So just take plus odds. Uh, like I said, I, I just I wouldn't be surprised with many outcomes in this one. So I definitely don't want to lay points or lay odds in a game that I don't really know what to make of either one of these teams, despite the fact that we're in November. Uh, Cousin Jared, what do you have for us on this one? Yeah, lean Baylor, take the three and a half points. That, that, that's good enough, lean. Uh, the, the hook is nice there. Uh, my analysis of the total, it, it kind of follows like a computer programming language. It, is it a Big 12 game? Yes. Is Iowa State involved in the game? No. A grade on the over. There you go. Yeah, so we'll go A grade on the over, 61 and a half. Is, is there a point where you would invest with Baylor? Is it plus four? Is it just if the money line gets to a certain point, just saying, hey, let's – who the heck knows? So take some nice plus odds. I think I would lean towards the money line more than that points because this so game, too. like you said, who who knows? There could be a lot of points. They may not matter. So I would lean towards the money line. All right. So our official recommendation, if you're playing this, then is to maybe look more plus odds on the money line uh, on Baylor. Definitely don't throw Oklahoma into your money line parlays because this is a could be a wild yeah. game. Yeah. Uh, either team could win this by 20, and I don't think I'd be surprised. We've seen Baylor go into Norman uh, in recent years and destroy Oklahoma, and we've also seen Oklahoma destroy a lot of teams too. So. Uh, uh, anything could happen here because uh, we'll talk off show and update Patreon if we decide the money line price is reasonable enough to get to a B grade pick. Otherwise, for now, our official position is just lean Baylor, lean the points, lean the money line, whatever. But we love the over 61 and a half at today grade. Jake, what do you have? I'm I'm taking the points with Baylor here. I, I don't think there's a reason not to. And I'm playing the over. I, I'm not sure where all this respect for Oklahoma came from. But I mean, it's they've not. Nothing. Nothing has shown up that's impressed me. What they played Kansas last, and I mean that was a Kansas team without 
Two, oh, two, two weeks ago without oh, sorry, yeah. 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 I, Iowa State. Yeah. Iowa State. Oh, yeah. Iowa State last week. And that's, I mean, uh, it's not a very impressive victory for me yet. And I mean, I think Baylor is, I don't, I don't understand why Baylor's the underdog here. I thought this would be much closer to a pick em. So I, I'm going to ride a little bit on the money line and I'm taking the points. But, uh, and I, don't, I think this flies over. Neither team can really stop each other. And I don't think they really plan to. Yeah. Yeah. There's a real case to be made that can some combination of Kansas, Iowa State, and West Virginia are your bottom three. And then Oklahoma is your next worst team in yeah. the conference. And, and and I say that knowing Oklahoma has a bunch of big games left on their schedule, I wouldn't be surprised if they lost out. I, I mean, they could win out too. Like they have talent for sure. Yeah. And they've got a good offense. It's the defense that has all the questions. And given what we saw from Oklahoma against TCU, Kansas State, and Texas, who are three solid teams, but it's, it's you know, one of those things where – they've got a bunch of toss up games down the stretch and it's going to determine their season. If they're on the right side of those, or the wrong side of those, they got the first one with Iowa state, but uh, the difference being that Iowa state wants to grind you out and doesn't have quite that same offense that Texas and TCU have. And, and somehow even Adrian Martinez let them up. So that was obviously before his injury. So I think this Baylor offense can, can score some points here. Obviously as a fan, I hope they can pull that out. And then on to Jake's game, which was not done on purpose, but three 30 <laughs> Eastern Tennessee at Georgia, uh, Georgia's an eight point favorite, a total of 66. Uh, I, I look after yep. those ratings came out and we have Tennessee number one, I feel like Georgia's going to win this game by a million. I'm just throwing yeah. it out there. Like it feels like if there's ever any uh, us against the world thing that you could ever say from a defending national champion, it feels like this. Um, not to say that Tennessee hasn't had an impressive season, but <laughs> knowing that now Georgia is at home, defending national champions hasn't lost and now has to play the number one team, feels like the if there was any lack of motivation, that's gone now. Uh, Sideline says this should be Georgia at minus 8.7, so it's pretty well hung. Before I even ran the model on this, I obviously knew this game was coming, and I was thinking to myself, between 7 and 10 seems right. If it was 7 or less, I'm all over Georgia. If it's 10 or more, I'm all over Tennessee. Yep. In between the two is tough. I know a lot of people want to put money on this game. It's the big game. But I do think it's priced fairly well in this 8, 8.5 range. Because, uh, Jared, between that or the total of 66, is there any direction you can give our, our viewers? Uh, not really. Uh, other than you had a retweet today that kind of – indicated that I don't feel like, let me back up. The public is all over Tennessee Mm -hmm. here. Okay. I don't feel like there's anything that I have seen that would make me think that taking the eight points with Tennessee wouldn't be the right side. Just knowing what we know about their offense and saying that, you know, they're probably going to score enough points to where this I can easily see this being a one score game. And, and this, this Georgia defense doesn't seem like last year's where it's like, I don't care how good Tennessee's offense is. They're going to struggle. Like yeah. you could score off this Georgia defense. No, no one's yeah. done for the year. Announced, yeah. That. Yeah. And, and so th- there is some concerns about the Georgia defense. Uh, but the, the point of kind of what the, the, the tweet was saying was that it's almost like, the books are taking a stance here and they're kind of planting their flag with Georgia and they're saying, okay, public, you can have Tennessee books. We're taking Georgia. And in that scenario, I'm going to go with the, with the books. And so I would lean towards laying the points with Georgia, but again, for, for no reason, I think this is a very well-placed line. I haven't seen anything with my eyes that would make me think otherwise. It's just more of, it feels like the book's, are, are seeing something or, or putting their money some, in one place. So I think I want to be with them. 
I would agree with that. Let's lean officially Georgia minus eight if you're going to pick a more contest. It's not one that I think really should be invested in. If you nope. want to really invest in this, and because Jared, we say this maybe once a, a week, maybe once every other week. This, I think, is a live bet opportunity. Less so about how the game goes and more about just maybe uh, waiting for a different number to appear, right? Live right, bet right. after sometime in the middle of the first quarter, in the second quarter, when you've got more of a favorable number to whichever side you're after, whether Georgia scores right. early and you think, and you can get 10. Tennessee plus 14 and a half or whether, you know, Tennessee scores early and you can get Georgia minus two and a half, whatever. Right. Yeah. One of those things where just wait for a better number than this. And again, we rarely say this, but I do think this is one of the times where I would think about live betting. And to your point, I've said this before, there are a lot of games and a lot of books and I've heard this from people at sports conferences who make these lines from these different books. And they say there's a lot of games where they will, they have their line, they have their model, they will move it. If money comes in from a handful of people, there's a small number of people they respect. And otherwise, a lot of times they'll say, we think we're going to be right more times than not. Like you said, it feels like a game that they're just taking a stance saying, we think we've got our good number and they haven't seen enough money come in from the people that they respect in order to change it. Because they're willing to say, maybe we're wrong if the right people are doing it. But apparently the right people aren't on that side and and making them change it. They're taking their stance. And so, yeah, I'm I'm with you. I think it makes sense to lean Georgia, but it's not one I want to be overly invested in. Uh, total of 66. <laughs> got, got nothing. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Jake, take it away. Yeah, so like I'm, I'm on Tennessee, and you're going to claim it's a hard play, but I just don't think there's more than a touchdown between these two teams. I, I, it's not the same Georgia defense that was last year where they could have stopped some of these NFL offenses um, with what they had. They also took some hits from a pass rush standpoint. Um, they've not got the talent at running backs that they had last year with uh, Cook and White, who just tore Tennessee up. I mean, their offense is playing a lot better than last year's offense, but I think it's because they've had to. And we really haven't seen Georgia tested, uh, specifically with a good offense. So that's why I think I don't think Tennessee will win. I'll, I'll get that out of there. I think Brock Bowers is way too much of a matchup problem for anybody that I think that's going to be a big difference. Um, and then their backup tight ends are probably better than most people's starting tight ends. Uh, yeah, but, probably true. But I think Tennessee's offense is good enough to score and keep up. I mean, Cedric Tillman, Tillman tore him up last year, had 200 yards, receiving on 10 catches. Uh and I mean, Hooker had his last interception of the until the until what the Bama game this year uh, yeah. on this game. Uh, so, and he seems to be playing better. The line's playing better. We're running the ball better. Um, I, I think the real key to this game is Stetson Bennett versus the Tennessee secondary. If the secondary shows up and plays like it did against Kentucky, there's a decent chance Tennessee can win this. But like I said, I think Brock Bowers is too much of a matchup problem. I don't know who we're going to check him with. I think Georgia wins, but I don't think it's by more than a touchdown. So I think we should be on the over. I, I want to lean the over. And here's I, now, and because Jared, you could say you could hold me till we got to get sixty-five. It should, probably won't happen if that's if that's the stance you want to take. Let me pitch the over. Tennessee scored forty-four points on Kentucky, who has a pretty decent defense. Mm-hmm. Georgia's defense isn't as good as last year. Georgia's offense is infinitely better than Kentucky's is. I think this number is hanging low because there's a little bit too much respect for Georgia's defense and the style of play they had last year. But if this game played out kind of like the Alabama game, I wouldn't be that surprised. I feel like 
there should be a lot of points in this game. And if Kentucky couldn't stop Tennessee whatsoever, Georgia might stop them a little bit more, but I still think Tennessee easily gets into the 30s. Georgia's offense is good enough and Tennessee's defense is bad enough. They get to the 30s. I mean, I, I, this team has to get into the 60s, right? And at that point, we're not that far away from getting the win at 66. Yeah, sure. Let's give it a B grade on the over. That's fine. I I, I want something to be invested in in this game because (laughs) it's going to be a good game. So uh, a game where I'm going, a big game where I'm going for points, I can can get behind that. All right. So on the side, Cousin Jerry and I's recommendation is wait for a live bet, see if you can get a favorable side. Jake's going to go ahead and grab the eight. Doesn't think there's a touchdown difference between the two teams. And then Cousin Jerry and I will have an official B grade on the over 66. Uh, Thinking there'd be a lot of points. Jake wants to, but is hesitant to, to take the over as well. Yeah, yeah, I'm probably going to wait and see what that first offensive possession looks like from Tennessee and then probably play it. All righty. Uh, 3.30 Eastern, UCF at Memphis. Should be a solid game here. UCF is a, a three-and-a-half-point road favorite. Sideline ranks them 27th, Memphis 59th, but says that UCF should be favored by 6.1. It's a solid little edge there. Obviously, three would be better than three in the hook, but I, I feel like we've seen with Memphis, they're, they're a little bit like SMU, which we'll talk about shortly. They can handle the weak teams. They struggle against the better teams. I think UCF's a pretty good team. They they lost that game to East Carolina a couple of weeks ago, but East Carolina's a pretty good team too, and I think a much better team than Memphis is. I think UCF can go on the road and get this done. Total's 59. I think uh, what we've seen with Memphis is they constantly give up big plays despite yeah. wanting to be an under team. So I sure would not play this under 59. Uh, my lean would be over. I'm not sure if that's something we want to invest in or not, but I would lean over and I would lean taking the three and a half with UCF. Because Jared, what do you have to add to that? Yeah, I would. So I'm I'm good. I'm good with giving a B grade to, to laying the three and a half with UCF. Um, I just think that they're a much better team than, than Memphis is even on the road. I would a, a grade, a grade at three or two and a half. I would need two and a half because it's freaking Memphis. I, <laughs> I, I, I just, I can't stand them. Um, the other thing that Fair I was noted, duly noted. The, yeah. The other thing I would say, yeah, you're right about Memphis giving up big plays. The other thing is John Reese Pumley day to day, um, you know, so that kind of like gives me a little bit of pause on the over. But I've also mentioned on here a couple of times that like UCF, they've put up some points this season, but they always haven't had the offensive statistics to back up putting up yeah. those those numbers. So I, I would recommend staying away from this total. I think there's just too many unknowns with with I think yeah. UCF's offense has been a little bit of a mirage. And I think Memphis is Memphis. There you go. So we'll officially pass in the total, but go B grade. UCF minus three and a half. If it gets two and a half, we will lock that in as an A grade. Jake, what do you have for us? Yeah, I'm skipping this game. It feels like a letdown spot and also a trap spot. Um, like, I mean, you've got the big game coming off Cincy. That was big for them, that big yep. win. They've gotten next week, they've got number 19, Tulane. They're looking ahead. Um, I mean, Memphis is bad and they're giving up a stupid amount of points. So I want to pull the trigger on UCF, but I, I just think it's just feels trappy and I, I don't want to put my money on it. And I think to your point there, I think that's why we were saying we couldn't give this an A grade at this number at a lower number it is because it does feel like a spot where UCF just wants to escape with a victory. And then we just have to cross our fingers that it's a six point victory and not, you know, less UCF, if they go out there and play, should win by more than than a touchdown. I just just think they might be looking ahead because what they want, they lost to Eastern Carolina in between the Cincy mm -hmm. game and uh, whoever they played before that. Yeah. Houston, maybe. So I can't remember. SMU? I don't know. Yeah, whatever it was. It looked a lot like these yeah. these next two games or like three games in a row here. Kind of yeah. that's so kind of scares me. We'll go again because uh, Jared, I go B grade. Want 
a, a lower number for an A grade. Jake is passing on that one. Also, at the same time slot, BYU at Boise State. Boise State is a seven and a half point favorite. BYU with a massive fall from Grace. Boise State looking great. Look, final one thing about Boise State, y'all. It's you got to zig and you got to zag. They look yeah. amazing. So I think it's time to fade them here. I've been against BYU all season. I think we should be taking the seven and a half with the beat with BYU. Looking under the hood a little bit. I think this is a little bit of an overreaction. This BYU team is not good, but I do think that they can hang in there and lose this game by one score. Total is 54 and a half. Uh, that seems like 10 points too low, right? BYU has no defense. Boise can score. Can Boise score? On BYU, they can. <laughs> okay. I think okay. we could score on BYU. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. Well, yeah. <laughs> <sighs> Yeah, I mean, I just feel like we're going. So I completely agree with you. Uh, so the, I, I think the model or sideline would say that this number is spot on. But do you want to make BYU a B grade? I do. Since, okay, so let's make the taking the seven. And no way I could make it an A grade because Boise's involved and they're just a wonky team always. But I do think yeah. B grade on BYU makes a lot of sense. So okay. At seven, at seven, and the hook. Yeah. Okay. So I agree. Let's do that. Man, I like after how Boise started the season, how are we telling our loyal viewers that they should be <laughs> investing in an over in a Boise game? I mean, Their I guess this has looked a lot better since the start of that season. Better. It's I, I would still say maybe the, the statistics don't back up how many points they have have put up. Like in some of the games that they've put up some bigger points, like San Diego State did nothing against them, was not able to hold on to the ball at all. Colorado State, exact same thing. Maybe you could say Fresno State game. That gives yeah. you a little bit of, of hope maybe that they can kind of get some things going. Um, so sure, with with how BYU has looked, I think about I think they're still giving up yards to Arkansas. I think they're still giving up <laughs> yards Liberty, to Liberty. Liberty just scored probably. Liberty, Liberty. And I think yeah. that they also, you know, ECU, I can't remember, ran for like six or seven yards of carry against them last yeah. week. So, um, sure, let's yeah, give Boise, a B grade. Over I think this is a, I think this is a score fest here. Fifty five being such a key number, it yeah. feels like there should be a lot of points in this. BYU can give them up, and I think they'll score too. They still have a good offense. Uh, their issues have just been yeah. on on defense. So I think this yeah. is a high scoring game. So we'll go double B grade. BYU plus seven and a half and over fifty four and a half. Uh, Jake, what do you have? Yeah, I'm taking the over here. I, I, I had it wrote down in my notes at 58, so I wasn't going to play it. But but now <laughs> I see that I was off by four points. Uh, yeah, I, I want the over. Um, this is I, I don't think anybody stops anybody, and BYU just seems to be like kind of North Carolina, North Carolina like, where they're just like, we'll fix your offense for you, right? Yeah, <laughs> and then proceed to give, let you run all over them. You, you do wonder, of course, this time of year, it's probably someone's – if the total has dropped, it's probably because of some weather fiasco. But I'm not sure if weather matters in this game. Like, I think that there's just no way that either yeah. of these teams uh, get stops. I mean, it, it, it does look like, you know, a little bit of rain potentially, but I, I'm not sure rain – I think it needs to be a monsoon before I'd be worried about these teams getting stops. Right. Because I don't think Boise needs to throw the ball to score the points. Well, you don't need to do – yeah, not against BYU, absolutely. Uh, speaking of one of some of those teams BYU's play here, Liberty and Arkansas are playing. Arkansas is a 13-and-a-half point favorite. This is 14 earlier in the week. Obviously, I like getting that 14 a lot more, but, but Liberty is a team that consistently plays well against these bigger opponents. Total 63. I feel like this is a Liberty in an over spot. I'd feel a lot better at the over at 62, uh, knowing that – 
we can get a couple field goals in the push protection there. I feel a lot better at Liberty at plus 14, but those would be the directions I would lean in this one. Sideline has Arkansas ranked 26, Liberty all the way down to 71st, but says that Arkansas should only be a 13-point favorite. So the model says there's a little bit of value. And again, I think it's not able to understand that Liberty just plays, does play better against these bigger teams than they do against some of the weaker teams where they purposely aren't showing all the toys that they've got in the garage. Uh, Cousin right. Jared, what do you have for us on this one? Are you going to make me give Liberty a B grade? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Fine. Okay. We'll give Liberty a B grade. And, and not not that I think that's a bad play. I definitely think that's the right side. I just, you know, I, I just don't feel I'm like I'm fine I with have... saying it's a B grade and we want to hold off and just wait and see if it gets to 14 before locking it in if you want that. Okay, yeah, let's let's do that just in case because I, I I'm wondering if this might you know uh, go up to fourteen just because the names involved. So I, I would say let's let's hold off on that. Yeah, I think I think it's like just like we do with Air Force uh, in in yesterday's show, and that got up to seven for us, and so we were able to lock in. I think that I, I think Liberty's a B grade play. We'll no. just hold off and see if it doesn't get to fourteen. If it's 13, 13 and a half, we'll lock that in Saturday. If it does get up to fourteen, that's where we'll jump as our official B grade play. Yeah. Okay. So, so let's hold off on that. And then I'll, I'll get, I'll, I'll, I can get on board with giving a B grade to over 63. And the reason that I say that is not necessarily because of what Liberty or Arkansas did against BYU, but when you look at what Liberty did against Wake Forest, who, who may be uh, a, a, yes, similar to, to Arkansas, a little bit different in how they do it, but, but still the same sort of weak yeah. defense and scores a lot of points. Yeah. And, and then I would also say like what Arkansas did last week, even against Auburn, because, you know, Auburn's got a bunch of issues, defense uh, for the most part this season has hasn't been one of them. And I mean, Arkansas could have scored, you know, 50 something points in that game if they yeah. would have wanted to. So yeah, uh, yeah I, I, I can get behind giving a B grade to the over 63. All right. So we'll go double B grades on that one. Jake, what do you got? Yeah, I'm, I'm playing the over. Uh, neither of these teams really like to stop each other. Um, and they'll both score. Like, I mean, BYU is a common opponent. And I think both those games soared past this number. Um, I don't think Liberty, Liberty BYU didn't because BYU decided not to score against Liberty. But I don't think Arkansas will have that problem. Oh, yeah. I, I think I was had the Wake Forest number in my head. Was it was uh, 41, 42 or something like that. But, li- but Liberty put up 40 some points there in that one. So yeah. they did their part offensively. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's just it's crazy the amount of points Liberty's been scoring. Like, it just doesn't jive with how they normally play. Uh, and then Arkansas, they, they don't, uh, their defense gets good ratings <laughs> for some reason. So uh, in some places, but all they do is pressure the quarterback. Well, if they complete a pass, there's nobody there to stop it. Like, and that, and that leads to higher scoring games. Cause when you're yeah. pressuring the quarterback, it's going to lead to quick three, you know, it's going to lead to a lot of first place acts, which is going to put you behind the chains and a punt quickly. We got the ball back, or it's going to lead to their single coverage on the field. If someone's off by a step, boom, 70 yard touchdown, right? Like yeah. it's that high variance type leads to a lot of points type defense. Yeah. And I mean, Sanders is one of the, my favorite player that's not talked about enough of how good he is the running back from Arkansas. I think he'll have a field day here too. Um, and I'm, I'm waiting on 14 cause I want the two touchdowns. Cause for some reason I got a feeling Arkansas will put their foot that push down protection and, on 14 feels yeah. like it could be very valuable in this game. Yeah. So I'm, I'm waiting on that, but I, I think this game flies over. Yep. All right. So we all kind of like the over there. We all kind of like Liberty just waiting on 14 4 p.m. Eastern South Alabama is a four point road favorite at Georgia Southern South Alabama. I've got ranked 57th Georgia Southern 81st. Sideline says this should be a 3.7 point spread. So priced pretty well. Total is 60 and a half. Cause do you have any insight for us here? Uh, nope, not really. 
seems like a well-priced line. Uh, I, I think I would actually go opposite of sideline here, and I think I would lean towards laying the points with South Alabama. I think they've been more consistent this season. You know, it's easy to get caught up with Georgia Southern's offense. Uh, you know, the points, some of the points they put up um, this season, but I think I would, you know, lean towards, uh, you know, laying the points with South Alabama. But if if we disagree, we can let some. No, I be I agree. The okay. models like Georgia Southern all year, uh, probably okay. a little bit too much. So okay. it says three point seven. If I make a manual kind of mental. It's got a little bit of a Georgia Southern bias. Maybe that makes it 4.2 or something. So that puts it on right. that side. So I think laying the four okay. makes sense. Uh, I'd invest at three as a B grade okay. if it gets there. Okay. Yep. I think so. Uh, total of 16 and a half. Georgia Southern likes to score. South Alabama has had some games where they've scored and they've had some games where they're just like, we don't want to score. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, and I mean, you could write that off as some of the opponents that South Alabama ha- has played, but it's games just not enough. The game's been on. Yeah. But it's like not that. enough to make me feel comfortable. I think 59 would be the number where I would go with the, the over. All right. So I'll make a note there. We'll go over 59. We'll go South Alabama. If it gets to minus three, otherwise we leave South Alabama, but nothing official from us. Jake, what do you got? Yeah, I'm playing both. I'm playing South Alabama minus four, and I'm playing the over 60 and a half because I don't think this goes down. I think it'll only move up. Mm. Um, so I want to lock it in now. I mean, South Alabama's got a fairly good offense, and Georgia Southern has to have a great offense because they literally rank 123rd in both pass and rush defense. So I think South Alabama's going to have a field day, score all the points. And I mean, South Alabama's not a great defensive team, so I think Southern's going to get on the board. So I think we're going to get. Uh, get to over 60 or like 61, 65, somewhere laying somewhere in there. Um, and I think the difference in the game is George Southern gets stopped for a field goal once or twice and South Alabama, they don't get in South Alabama's way. And I swear I would have had that over with them last week if the flood from Noah's Ark didn't show up in that game Yeah, and yeah. just murder everything. Cause they still put up 31 in that. It was just Arkansas state couldn't do anything. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, to the night games, 7 PM Eastern SMU's a three point favorite at home against Houston. We talk about SMU a lot, a team that can beat up on the bad teams, struggles with the good teams. I don't think any of us know what Houston is. Sideline ranks them 56th and has SMU at 46th. So Sideline's official take is that SMU is the better team and at home, and thus they should be a four-point favorite, not a three-point favorite. But there's a little bit of juice on SMU. Actually, doesn't Sideline doesn't give this a positive edge at this number so it would say stay away total of 66 and a half, which last year would have been an interesting discussion based off the way Houston was playing this year. I don't think I'd go under given that SMU's involved, but that's such a high number that I'm not loving the over cousin Jared, what's your take on this one? Do we know who's playing quarterback for SMU? So that is, yeah. is my first question. Uh, so Tanner Mordecai got hurt in the Cincinnati game, had to leave the game. Preston Stone came in. Preston Stone, one of the hi- highest-rated recruits in SMU history, he broke his collarbone against Tulsa, is out for the season. The third stringer played the rest of the game. It looks like Mordecai was not available. He's in the concussion protocol. They don't know if he's going to be able to come back this week. If the third stringer for SMU is playing, I would lean towards taking the three points with, with Houston. It's Houston. I don't have a ton of faith in them, but it does feel like um, the last minute come from behind win at Memphis potentially could salvage some part of their season uh, because it was just all bad before then. And it has been mostly good since then. So until I know who's playing for for SMU, I I think I would lean towards taking the three points at this time, obviously, pending if we think that Mordecai is going to come back. Right. And of note, 
SMU being four and four, there's a lot of teams we're entering November here. We're in the later part of the season that are eyeing their schedule and saying, we got to find two more wins. We got to find three more wins. Some teams just got to find one more win, but it doesn't look great, right? So there's a lot of teams hunting for those wins here. SMU, yeah. uh, I, I've looked at their schedule specifically. Houston's at five wins. You know, we're getting to the point where these teams are definitely wanting to go ahead and lock that ball eligibility in. Uh, yeah. But obviously, quarterback issues can throw a wrench into that. So we will lean officially Houston. Uh, but do check back if there's anything interesting on this. We'll yeah. update that yeah. on, yeah. Patreon on Patreon because the quarterback situation really matters there. If it is a third string quarterback, you have to think the under 66 and a half makes a lot of sense. Right? You, it makes some sense. If it's you would, if it's not, obviously not. You would you would think. You would think. Uh I just I don't feel like I've seen a ton of consistency from either one of these teams this season. Houston, I think, like literal consistency, like um putting up points on the board. I think of SMU and I think about that Cincinnati game. And or no, so, sorry, I, I was thinking Cincinnati. Cincinnati wasn't able to finish drive in, yeah. in that game. It's Seven, almost like seven field goals or something crazy. Yeah, it's I almost like goals. yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and so I, I just don't feel like I've seen a bunch of consistency from either one of these. I think that's yeah. where I would lean again if I knew who was starting for us. Yeah, yeah. Jake, what do you got? Yeah, I'm, I'm actually going to go full out and go the over. I don't think these teams play defense. I mean, both of them are averaging giving up in the 30s um, while scoring 35, 33 points, something like that between them. So I think this. This game is gonna. This game is gonna rain points, even if it is the third string quarterback. I think it's just gonna just be points everywhere. Um, I don't really care who wins. Don't have an idea who's gonna win it. So I'm just gonna cheer for points. All right. Yeah. If it wasn't third string quarterback, I, I'm with you on the over. With that, I I don't know. It, it starts getting a lot tougher. To, a lot of times, the backups aren't that much worse than the starter. There's obviously exceptions to that. Uh, probably what. 10 or 12 or so around the country, we can say that the backup is a lot worse than the starter, but there's a lot of situations where the backup is a point worse, two points worse, three points worse, stuff like that. You get to the third stringer. Sometimes the third stringer is four points worse. Sometimes he's like 12 yeah. points worse. Sometimes it's, yeah. you just never really know. There's a lot of question marks there. So we'll, uh, we'll keep an eye on that one as the week progresses. Uh, to one of the more interesting night games here, Alabama and LSU. Alabama is a 13 and a half point favorite. This also was 14 earlier in the week. Sideline says it should be Alabama minus 11.6. That's got LSU at 15. Uh, I think they're what 10th in the playoff ratings at this point. Uh, something yeah. like that. Yeah. It's surprising how I, I felt like after that first game, it was like they were done and yeah. they've hung in there and played really well. Um, finding some life here. Yeah rising to towards the top of that division. Whereas I remember in the preseason episode, we wondered they might be the worst team in that division. And they've, they've done surprisingly well. I think um, I feel like this is too many points for an Alabama team that I just don't trust at this point. We haven't seen them, you know, barely beating A&M barely yep. beating Texas. Uh, the loss to Tennessee uh, their only impressive victory was Mississippi State, but according to sideline, LSU is a much better team than Mississippi State. Uh, this game being in Baton Rouge, night game should be a crazy crowd. I feel like we should take the 13 and a half. The question is just do you want to play this like Liberty and just hold off to see if it gets back to 14, knowing that that might matter? Or do we say with an SEC game and, and kickers involved, 13 and a half is probably sufficient? I would say hold off. Let's see if it gets to fourteen again. Yeah, like you would think, money would come in on on Alabama uh, towards towards the end of the week. I, so I have to apologize, viewer, because I said last week that I had takes on this game. But the thing is, is like I thought for sure this line was going to open at like ten or something. I didn't think that it would be fourteen, and so I don't have any more takes. My takes are gone because I expected this to be a, a much lower line. Uh, I, 
so sure we we can wait in 14 and make it a play on LSU but I don't think that LSU has as much of a chance in this game as probably the average person does because Jaden Daniels just does so much for that LSU offense and if there is one thing that I think that Nick Saban can do even though we haven't seen you know the the absolute best from Alabama's defense this season is I think that he can take away uh, a lot or most of Jaden Daniels uh, running plays he's going to stick a spy on him it's going to make it really tough for him to to run around and I think when you do that that LSU offense becomes a lot more pedestrian. So uh, that was going to be my hot take, um, but not at a number like 14. So just pretend like you didn't hear that. Total of 56 and a half. If you're concerned that LSU isn't going to score as much, does that mean you would lean under or given that Alabama has just been involved in so many high scoring games that that would. Yeah, it's, 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 a stay, it's a stay away because I think it's just Alabama's been involved in too many high scoring games. Jake, what do you got? Yeah, I'm so excited for this game, but not from a gambling perspective. I think this is just a really <laughs> great game to watch. I mean, I think LSU can give them a game, but, I mean, the way Tennessee got to Bama was throwing it deep and throwing it all over them, and I don't trust Daniels to have the arm. They really need to run um, to set up his throwing. And, like, Tennessee did exactly what Jared was talking about. They took away Daniels' ability to run the ball, and and – Tennessee's got a good front seven, but Bama's is a lot better, especially since one of their better linebackers should still be at Tennessee. Thank you, Henry Toledoa. Yeah. And that's who's probably going to be spying him the whole time. Uh, And so it's going to be – I just this game to me feels like a three-point win by Alabama or a thousand-point win. Like I don't think the number so much matters here. I I think it's going to be just a blowout or an extremely tight game. Yeah. And I'm just staying away from it. All righty. At 7 p.m. Eastern, UNLV and San Diego State. I think that Brumfield for UNLV, the quarterback there, is going to be back. Hard to say, but he was maybe going to play two weeks ago. Didn't. And with the bye week, you feel like if it was even on the table two weeks ago, then it probably is that he would play this week. That's the assumption I'm making. San Diego State's looked a lot better as of like yeah. defense looking good, offense kind of having a pulse, turning into the team we kind of hoped they would be this season, at least. Uh, Six and a half point favorites here. Sideline says uh, that this should be a seven point spread. Total is 47. Uh, What direction can you take us on this one, Cousin Jared? Uh, This one is is tough because – Obviously, you want to have faith in San Diego State's defense. I think they haven't been quite as good this year. They've still been good, maybe not quite as good with Brumfield coming back with UNLV. I think UNLV might be able to score some points in this game. They were a real high-scoring team, over team with him involved. And then when he they went were. down, I mean, it they just – disappeared. Yeah, disappeared. Yeah, I mean, they put up some on Notre Dame still, but yeah, just not not like they, not like they had been before. Yeah, and then San Diego State, their offense has actually looked pretty good the past couple yeah. of weeks. Surprisingly. And, yeah, surprisingly. And so I just feel like there's too many unknowns for yeah. me to be invested in either side of this game. Yeah. If you told me there were 31 points, I'd say, sure. You yeah. told me there were 55 points, sure. Yeah. Uh, you know, I, I, I really had – the only thing I can say on this one is there's a lot of change, a lot of things that might not be as they immediately appear or have been historically with these two teams. Yeah. So just be careful before you invest your, your dollars here. Where would you lean on this one with a six-and-a-half-point spread? I'd lean towards taking the six and a half points with San Diego State. I still think, you know, it's it's possible that this one could could be low scoring and six and a half points. Maybe Brumfield's back. Maybe it's higher scoring that six and a half yeah. points is, is enough. So I would lean towards taking the six and a half. If we get confirmation he's back and if it gets to seven, yeah. is that investable? Yeah, yeah we can make that a B grade. Okay. 
So that's obviously contingent on him playing. Otherwise, I, I would not want any part of this. And if he, I get confirmation he's not playing, I might actually would go the other way and say lay it with San Diego State because yeah. he's going to really matter to that offense. Uh, Jake, what do you have? Yeah, I, I really don't understand either one of these teams, especially with the quarterback injury, so I'm staying away from them. I, just, I don't know. I can't help you here. And this is one of those things, too, where news may have may come out as we're doing this or by the time you watch this. So you may have more information as you're watching this than we do right now with the quarterback. I'm assuming he plays, but I haven't gotten any confirmation of on that as of yet. I've seen it at least. So uh, that what you know, confirmation he plays or doesn't play, I think, really matters when you're eyeing yeah. this one. Uh, 7.30 Eastern, another quarterback situation. Uh, Rising did not play for Utah on Thursday. That was a last-minute thing. Again, I'm working under the assumption that he's going to play this week. In general, when you have, especially on a, a – Thursday night or Friday, I can't remember which one it was, or a weeknight game. And a guy's a last minute out. I assume he's back the next week because if he's going to be out for that long, then it shouldn't have been a last minute thing. Maybe they were just being coy and we got played. But I'm assuming he's going to play. Arizona wants to just score a billion points on everybody and they're comfortable yeah. giving up two billion points to everybody. So I'm going to argue that we go over 68. I think that's a quasi key number for being out here. Uh, probably probably not as much as 69 is, I guess. Uh, So I think we're at least on the right side of that one, but I think we should be going over and I want to lay the 17 and a half with Utah. We could also argue to play this one a little bit more conservative in weight, but 17 and 18 are almost just as likely uh, when you get up to this point, because now it just matters about who kicks the field goals, which I don't think there'll be many field goals scored at all, but if there are field goals that you never really know who's going to do it anyway. So 17 and 18, Probably equally as key in this spot. Um, but sideline says this should be Utah minus 24. I've got them ranked ninth, even if that's a little high. There's still no way that this shouldn't this number shouldn't start with a two with the amount of points that Arizona can give up. Uh, they're obviously gonna fight for a back door, but I'm not sure Utah gets stopped in this game. I don't think it, we've seen Utah's offense be a lot better this year than they were last year, a lot less conservative and uh, Arizona's going to give up points probably every single drive on this one. Yeah. Uh, Cause Jared, what do you have for us? So I can get behind an A grade laying the points with Utah and a B grade on the over 68. Uh, what I would say is if this were at Arizona, I would flip that. I would make it a B grade yeah, uh, laying, laying the points and an A grade on the over, but playing, playing in Salt Lake city. Um, I, I think that that'll be enough to allow um, Utah to, to cover here. And, uh, but it kind of makes me, you know, does Arizona get rattled by the crowd? I would think not. I think they're just going to give a bunch of points. Yeah. Um, but I, I can only get to a B grade on the over 68. I completely agree. If this was in Arizona, I would say they uh, the possibility, and obviously the number would be a little bit different, but I would just say yeah. the possibility for a backdoor is more likely, and it's yeah. more likely to be like a 50 to 40 type game than yeah. in Utah. It feels more like a, a 45 to 25 if it, if it doesn't quite – uh, get into those crazy 80s and 90s and stuff like that. That seems right. more likely to be where it lands. Uh, so that's officially an A grade for us, laying 17 and a half with Utah. Again, 17, 18, both kind of key. So you can wait, hope it goes to 17. You're a little bit risking if it goes to 18. So we'll just lock in 17 and a half. That's where it is right now. And then total of 68, we're going to go over with a B grade. Jake, what do you got? Yeah, I'm taking Utah here, assuming that Cam Rising plays. I, I don't know that Arizona can stop most high schools from scoring 40-plus points at this point. Um, like every true Power 5 team. not Editor's count. note, they probably could. Yeah, yeah <laughs> probably. Probably. Um, probably. I, a little bit of hyperbole. But, <laughs> I mean, every every true Power 5 school, because I don't count Colorado, has scored at least 39 on them. Uh, so I, I don't see any reason Utah's going to stop that. Going to Utah is hard. 
their defense isn't is. as good as what we thought <laughs> this year, but they're still good enough to let, the, let them win this by 20. Yeah. The implied team total uh, for Utah in this game would be 42 and a half. Feels right. Yeah. Uh, uh, if, I was about to say, I'd say this game being about like 42 to 45 for Utah. I was going to say 45, 24. Yeah. Yeah. And that gets us all the wins, right? Yeah. Let's lock it in. 45, 24. We're calling our shot, guys. Yeah. Uh, Put like a tenth of the unit on the exact score. I think some places offer that. If so, that would pay a lot (laughs) if it landed right on that one. Uh, 7.30 Eastern, Auburn at Mississippi State. Auburn finally making a coaching move that we've been talking on the show about like every single week. I'm glad it happened. Now we can finally stop talking about it. Kind of makes sense after what a disastrous performance. Uh, Yeah, against Arkansas, yeah. Man, Auburn's got enough talent to not get that that happened to him, but my yeah. goodness, that was terrible. This week, uh, partially based off of that performance, uh, Silent has dropped them all the way to 64th in the rankings. Three and five and a bowl just does not look likely for them at this point of the season. They would need a massive upset, if not two, at this point of the season to pull that off. Uh, Mississippi State's ranked 22nd. Sideline says they should be favored by 14. They are favored by... 13 totals 51 because jared what do you have for us not touching this game with a 10-foot pole i think that the black cloud over auburn is now gone cadillac Ooh. williams is the interim coach yes we are all old and i i just i think that auburn could come out and play inspired in this game if i had a lean i'd definitely still lean towards laying to 13 points yeah, with mississippi state uh they're th- Auburn has been playing below their talent level, but at the same time, they've had a bunch of guys decide they're going to transfer out. And so yeah. I would still lean towards laying the 13 points, but God knows what you're going to see in this game on Saturday. Completely agree. It's not a game I want to be invested in, but we will nope. lean at Mississippi State, uh, laying the points if, again, if you're in a pick them contest or something like that, but it's it's not one that I think is worth investing. And the same with the total, like anything could happen in this total. And I wouldn't be surprised. Uh, Auburn could give up a ton of points. We, Mississippi State's defense is solid. And so this could be a low-scoring game. Uh, the total is pretty low as it is, but it could still this game could land in the 30s, and I wouldn't be that surprised. Uh, they could get up into the 60s, and I wouldn't be that surprised. I have no idea what's going to happen. So it uh, should be interesting to see how it plays out, but not one that I'm going to invest in as well. Jake, what do you got? Yeah, I, I don't want any part of this. I, I don't like betting against new coaches because, I mean, there's not a lot of statistical, like actual data, but that new, that new coach bump seems to happen for some yeah. reason one way or the other, so I don't like that, but I would lean Mississippi State, but I mean, they're also coming off two losses with very physical teams with Bama and Kentucky, uh, so I just, I don't want no part of this, because they at least like, had the bi- the bye week last week. Yeah. So that helps. <laughs> yeah, then they lost their AD to Auburn, so I don't, I got them, though. This yeah. is all of weird, I don't want any part of it. Uh, one other game here at the 7.30 Eastern time slot. Clemson and Notre Dame. Clemson's a three-and-a-half-point road favorite. Total, this one's come down to 44-and-a-half. We have some windy conditions in the Midwest expected for Saturday. I did a quick search, though. Almost all of the stadiums that I that I looked at, and I, I, maybe I missed one, but almost all the stadiums are oriented north-south, and the wind's going to be out of the south. And so it looks like it's going to be mostly wins behind people or in your face. Again, that doesn't affect the total uh, at all. It creates a little bit more variability 
but it turns out where it can definitely help you throw in the deep ball uh, when the wind's in your face. It can cause you to have a 12-foot punt or, you know, 12-yard punt, that sort of thing. Um, and so it doesn't really affect scoring. Side-to-side wind does kill scoring, but it looks like all these windy games are going to be not side-to-side, which is what throws havoc into passing games. Of course, I'm not sure either one of these teams knows how to pass the ball. So. Yeah. Kind of a moot point anyway in that one. Um, I think we all, at least as in general, I think you and I both like Clemson in this one. Sideline says this yep. should be a seven-point spread. I've got Clemson ranked at seventh. I've been kind of on Clemson all year, except for the Syracuse game, <laughs> which yeah. is going to live in for me now. Um, yeah. But I think that uh, I, I've zigged and zagged with them most, most of the year. I think they're a much better team than Notre Dame. I think they go on the road and get yep. the victory. They might win by three, but they could also easily just, just as easily win by four, six, or seven, if it's close, they could run away with this one. I mean, Notre Dame has had some really bad games this year. Yeah. The ACC is down, but I still just think Clemson's played better against teams that have had a pulse. They played NC State before Leary went down, for example. And they they looked better in that game. They looked better against Florida State. I mean, they've looked better against some of the competition they faced than Notre Dame, who couldn't cover against UNLV and, you know, lost to Cal and lost to Marshall and that sort of thing. Clemson is just a much better team here. I want to lay the three and a half Clemson total 44 and a half. (sighs) If you wanted the under, you missed it. I think I tweeted, I think I texted this to the discord group as it was going down. I think I said, Hey, before it gets to 45, at least get it before that. It's at least on the right side of 44, which is a key number. Yeah. Yeah. This is your last chance to take the under at 44. It's on the 43 and a half. You're really, kicking yourself for missing that number yeah uh, i don't yeah. think i played the over that's for sure <laughs> yeah yeah and i'm not a i'm not a meteorologist i did not know about the weather uh i grabbed the under on this one when it opened at 49 and Ooh. so it has it has really uh shot down i agree i want to lay the points with clemson i think it's just a question of do we want to make this an a-grade pick i think it's either yeah i think it's an a-grade pick Okay. I'd love to say three. I just don't see three happening. It was nope, up to four and a half earlier. I don't see yeah. why it would get into three. If it does, cool. But uh, I think A grade on Clemson. I just think, and, and yes, I, they I, might win by three, but I think it's more likely they win by 10 than by three. And I think the three and a half is a direct result of the total on the game going down so much because of the, of the weather. And so I think at this point with the weather baked in, the only thing that could possibly happen is the total ends up going back up if the weather's not quite as bad right. as anticipated. And I think this would be more likely to go back to like four at that. So I agree. Let's make it an A grade lane of three and a half points of Clemson. On the total, uh, obviously, you know, you already said you got 149. Uh, that's yeah. nowhere near us and going no. to happen. The total might come back up. 44 is a key number. Where would you tell our viewers to invest in the under at this point? Would it be it just still I would, probably here, or is it maybe it's got to go back up a little bit? I would, I would wait for 45 because I think 45 could happen again because I think all of the bad weather is just completely baked in at at this point. I think it could only go up from here. And so I would still play it at 44 and a half. Um, I would wait and see if it goes back up to 45. But if you want to be invested in under here, sure. The go up 44 and a half probably maybe as good as it's going to get you may get yourself a half point there so we're going to officially say we're eyeing the under keep an eye on the patreon we'll update that if we end up with an underplay on this um but we love clemson here minus three and a half a great play yeah. for us there jake what do you got i'm actually on the opposite side i i think Ooh. uh yeah I'm, I'm this might be a little bit hard play because i really need Clemson to lose so I guess he still gets in but um <laughs> but I, they've been flirting a little bit with disaster you've got that OT game with Wake uh, I know Wake had a 
was just all out of their mind offensively that game too. But um, NC State game got close. Florida State gave them a good game. And also Notre Dame just seems to murder every ACC opponent like they've played so far. They destroyed Syracuse, beat up on North Carolina, and I think both those were on the road. Um, so I just, maybe they can continue that pattern here. I'm not. I don't think. I don't think they really win this game, but I think they can do enough to keep it close. Their defense is good. I don't trust uh, Clemson's offense, even, no matter who's that quarterback um, here, because I, I just don't think they've got enough weapons to really expose expose it. And I think Notre Dame can do, especially if the weather is bad. I think that kind of leans more Notre Dame's way than it does Clemson's. I had nailed Notre Dame almost all season until the Syracuse game. I had them. I think it's an A-grade play against Ohio State they covered. I had Marshall. I think it's an A-grade play who won. Uh, I missed Cal, but then I had him against North Carolina, and everyone told me I was crazy. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't remember BYU. I had, we had Stanford against Notre Dame. We had UNLV who covered last week really just kills my Notre Dame buzz because I was, I was rocking yeah. and rolling with him. But uh, yeah. All right, so we're disagreeing with Jake. Jake's on Notre Dame. Jared and I are on Clemson. Wrapping us up at 10.30 Eastern, Colorado State at San Jose State. San Jose State is a 24-point favorite. Uh, You know, San Jose State, I'm not sure should be favored by 24 points over anybody, but you could make the case if it's going to be anybody, it should be Colorado Colorado State. State, Um, They have just been downright disastrous. Now rank uh, second to last. They are the second worst team, according to sideline in college football. Um, A spot that had been mostly held by... UConn, UMass, New Mexico State, Florida International making the appearance, and all of a sudden now Colorado State dropping that bottom too. Uh, deservedly wow. so with yeah. how bad they have been. I mean, they have just been atrocious. Um, Sideline says it should be 22.2, but as we long talk about, anytime you look at the model, it's it does sometimes struggle with these bottom couple of teams and the top couple of teams. It's really hard to do well. It's, yeah. it's built to succeed more times than not, which means it does much better with the middle teams than the top couple of the bottom couple. Um, total on this one's 44 and a half. And part of me says, you got to go under because Colorado State can't score. Part of me says, you got to go over because Colorado State can't stop anybody. So I don't know yeah. what to do with that. Uh, Cousin Jared, what's your take on this game? We talk about a lot of uh, the, these night games, you know, late at night. Man, I'm telling you, the Pac-12 has really had to carry these night slots yeah. this season because the the Mountain West has not been doing their part. I want no part of this game. Uh, so wh- which way do you want to lean? I would lean towards taking 24 points. Taking the 24? Yeah. That's sure. just it's, <laughs> it's 24 points. That's a lot of points. It's 24 points in a low total. It's the smart play. It's the practical play. Yeah. It's a lean. It's not investable, in my opinion. Yeah. And I'm not sure there's a number you could get to that I would actually invest in that. Nope. It's the direction I would go because I think it's smart. But my goodness, yeah. I do not want a dime of my money on Colorado State. It, unless you're going to give me like 50 but that's never going to happen, obviously. So yeah. uh, a total 44 and a half. If you had to go one way or the other, would you go over or under? I'd go under, but it's, 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 that's, a low, that's a low number. for That's a low number, a low number when a, a team as bad as Colorado State is involved yeah. where they could just give up you know, 31 points and a half or something. I will keep an eye on this one. I'll do a little more research. It is kind of – there's not a lot of games at that spot, so keep an eye on Patreon. We may have an added play on this just because – I know you might want some input there. So we'll kind of keep an eye on the number. Uh, maybe we'll come up. I, if, I, if anything, I'm playing the total in this one. I'm not taking a side. So uh, we'll look at the total. Maybe we'll update it if we can find an angle for you since it's a late game. If not, uh, Jake, what do you have for us? 
I'll lean Colorado State, but I don't want I wouldn't put my worst enemy's money on Colorado State. So yeah. uh, I just yeah. man. <sighs> but I don't trust San Jose State to win this by twenty five. It's a uh, lot of points. Yeah. Especially with a total of forty four and a half. I yeah, I don't mm, nope, don't want it. Yeah. And, and you could go through San Jose State's schedule and make a lot of cases based off the way they've played. The fact that they only beat Nevada last week by Seven, the fact that they, you know, they lost Fresno State, that sort of thing. But Colorado State—that's all you need to say. Yeah. <laughs> all right, that covers every game this week. Jake, it is your turn. We're going to run to the kill the clock offense here. Uh, run through all the games that we have uh, covered in previous episodes that you have placed on that you're going to give out to the people. Yeah, I'm going to go quick here. We got Duke minus nine and a half. Grabbing that, I really like this. Duke team, especially against Boston College. Boston College is bad. Also, we're going to take the over at 46 and a half. Duke has played a total of two games that have landed under this. And I know we'll need a little bit out of Boston College, but I think this Duke offense can really put up some points here, especially on a Boston College team that's as bad as they are. Um, going to grab Florida State minus seven and a half and the under 53. I think Van Dyke doesn't want to play anymore. So I think they're going to be playing the backup. Uh, and I think Jordan Travis – and that receiving core is just absolutely insane. They've got two running backs that are averaging over six and a half yards a carry. Add that to Travis's five yards a carry is just, I think they'll be able to dominate this game. Um, and Miami won't be able to do much as, as we saw against Virginia. Um, Going to grab the over with Oklahoma State and Kansas. I think that was weird that Oklahoma State forgot to score last week. Somebody needs to tell Gundy points win games. Uh, but Kansas is not going to get in their way mm-hmm. to keep them from doing that. Uh, so I think no, Kansas kids like terrible rush defense. Oklahoma yeah. State should just run all over them and it shouldn't be short runs. that take a lot of time. It should be long runs quickly scoring. Yeah. Yeah. And like, I think it opened at 69 and now it's down to like 65 and a half. So I was like, I like that better. Yeah. So jumped on that. Um, good Lord. I don't know what's going on in Michigan state. There's what I think eight players suspended at this point. And I don't know if any of them yeah. are, or all of them are actually meaningful. Do they have? I, I don't mean this to be rude. Do they have a meaningful player on that team? I mean, I, I don't. I don't. I don't mean that as harsh as it sounds. Just as like they've struggled so much. Like I'm not sure. It, 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 how, how many guys and who would you take off that would really affect what yeah. they've done? They just they've looked so bad. They, they've had a couple spurts where they've looked decent, but it's just been flashes in the pan. Otherwise, they've just struggled so much. Yeah, and I think Illinois will take advantage of this. I. I 16 and a half is the highest I'll play it because I think I think this lands at 17 because I think Bellama will just grind the ball out in the second half. Um, but I'll, I'm taking it at 16 and a half because I, th- I think that's they they jump up early and just feed, just run it down their throat. Um, I'm gonna grab the over in the Texas Kansas State game. Uh, Texas coming off a of bye week will give uh, viewers a chance to get his legs back from under him, maybe the rest a little bit. Uh, and then Kansas State can – I mean, they showed they can put up points when they <laughs> when you just give it to them. And Texas defense is not great by any stretch. So I think 54-and-a-half was a no-brainer to go over that. Uh, also, and I just want to point out, we already talked about Kansas State-Texas earlier in the week, obviously. But I just do want to point out, if you watch the passes that Ewers made against Oklahoma State, some of that was the wind. And some of those were just truly terrible passes. It really does make you wonder exactly how good he is. I think he's definitely an upgrade over 
Hudson Card, but yeah. we had a lot of hype on him, and some of those passes, even the short passes, were just yeah. terrible. And it's like if he makes those passes, it's going to kill a bunch of drives indoor. Kansas State's going to get some turnovers that you know. Yeah. I mean, he he was due to have a freshman quarterback game too. Like, it, it, I mean, he played so great at Alabama, and then Oklahoma, he just shredded them. Yeah. Like he was due to have one of those weird because I mean, fair, you fair can't enough. go from a high school to uh, top tier college competition yeah. and be like, "Yep, yeah, and, I, and, I well, and he he was due and yeah, I hate to use the word, but due for it. It was going to happen eventually. You know, maybe more than than most guys, given the fact that he hadn't played. He yeah. took two. He was out for two whole years. Yeah, uh, from from playing competitive football. So. Uh, I, I guess maybe my point in that is less so like I think he will be that bad this week and more about that's part of who he is, is he's yeah. still got some refinement that needs to, to happen. And he's not going to just lead the Longhorns to the national championship this year because he's not going to you just he's not going to put up 70 points a game as much as the as much fun for Longhorns as the OU game was that he's not going to he's not that good. No, no, but I mean, he shows flashes of it, and maybe they'll still score. They've got a good offense; they'll still score. Yeah, was it worthy? The receiver Xavier Worthing or Worthington or something like that. He's he's very good, so I think he'll be able to find him. Uh, And they can still run all day long. They got so many, so many. John Robinson. He's just talk about about George and the tight ends. I mean, Texas got some third string running back. Probably be the best running back at eighty percent of the (laughs) schools in the country. Yeah. Uh, we're going to grab Stanford, man. I've been nailing the Stanford team all year. I, and I, I just – I don't think Washington State is going to get them by a touchdown. I think they're going to muck it up and stay close. And they, this might be a backdoor or it may stay close the whole game, but I, I think Stanford will cover this number. They're going to grab UCLA. I, I think they're just going to take it to Arizona State. Arizona State's not got the defense. And, I mean, DTR and Chardonnay are just an incredible one-two punch. Throwing the – if they and then when they throw the ball to Bobo, I think it was the tight end. They uh, just just finds ways to be open. I don't understand it. He's not yeah. overly athletic. He's just I, figures it I'm out. Constantly looking, waiting for that to get to ten. I'm waiting for it. But I, I might be I might be waiting for a, de- a decade. But I'm yeah. waiting. <laughs> yeah. So I'm, I'm going to go ahead and jump on it here, and that's all I've got. All righty then. Uh, that's every game this week. Uh, Cousin Jared, any parting words? Man, I'm telling you, Patreon really pays for itself. We got some good money line winners earlier this week. We had a breakdown about which Wart brother was the better Ohio quarterback. We dove on the Discord, who the active active touchdown leaders are in NCAA right now. Uh, It's just a lot of value there. So make sure you come to Patreon and, and sign up. If anybody's still watching now, of course, the people watching probably are already with us there. But yeah, yeah. before game three of the World Series, uh, we were talking about home runs. And I said, I think maybe some value on no home run and talking about those are correlated once I didn't hit home run runs. And if Lance wasn't hanging breaking balls, you know, maybe he would have a lot of home runs. I said, but the one I'm really worried about is Bryce Harper. One of the members in there says, hey, Bryce Harper had the first home run at a thousand plus one thousand. And Nobody yeah. jumped on it, but it was there. It was right there yeah. for the taking, just to put like a, yeah. like ten bucks on it, five bucks on it, you know, a dollar yeah. on it, whatever. It was ten to one odds. It was right there for us for the taking in the Discord. It, it was it was just like Jake here picking the Kentucky Derby winner. Exactly. That happens every once in a while. <laughs> exactly. Jake, any funny words from you? Uh, no, I mean I'm just so excited for Monday with basketball getting started. I'm just living the dream. 
that makes one of us. Um, <laughs> <laughs> thanks for tuning in to another episode of Fix the Professor. Don't forget to subscribe so you can ensure all the sports betting content we brought on this channel is dropped right into your feed. See you again next week for more college ball content and college basketball. Apparently, that's a thing we're doing. Um, until then, as always, best of luck. And remember, you can eat your betting money, but please don't bet your eating money.